Welcome to the Management Minute with Dr. Donita Brown, where we sit down with business leaders to gain valuable insights and advice on how to navigate the world of management. Whether you're a seasoned manager or just starting out, this podcast is for you. I'm Donita Brown, a professor in the College of Business at Lipscomb University. I'm also an author, speaker, and habit coach. For almost 20 years, I worked in corporate America and managed teams of two to 102. Welcome to this week's episode. Today's guest is Andrew Carr. Andrew, thanks for being here. I'm glad to be here. Always fun to see you. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to give your one sentence bio? Yes. And I, it's, I think it's just a phrase, but sure. Oh, I love it. You might be the only person then that is actually successfully given a one sentence bio. So let's hear it. What I came up with was, and it kind of goes back, and I guess I can't tell a whole story around it, but always a walk-on. I was a walk-on football player at Vanderbilt and proud of that. Uh, and I'm proud that, you know, I, I really, it was something that I consider my life where I really maximized my talent. <laughs> so I probably shouldn't have been playing at Vanderbilt, but I really enjoyed it. And I really put all I had into it. And I felt like I got everything I had out of it, you know, sort of thing. And so I try and keep that mentality, no matter the situation that, you know, a walk on is somebody who's a little bit discounted, who's a little bit lucky to be there. And I, I feel like a lot of times in my life that I'm, I'm still lucky to be there and I'm still learning and I want to kind of keep that mentality. That is so fascinating because when I think about you, I think about successful business owner, respected author. There's so many things that I would think about you that don't equate to always being a walk-on. So that's, that's so interesting. It's aspirational and true. Yeah. At the same time, you know. Yeah. Well, I would expect nothing less from an author that wrote a book on humility. So I guess that just kind of fits. It fits with, in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it fits. Hopefully. Okay. All right. Well, let's get to the question. So you ready okay. for question number one? I'm excited. Yeah. I'm a little intimidated, but I'm, I'm ready. All right. Let's do it. How do your values impact your management philosophy? So I think when you think about leadership or management, I think your val- your values have to be sort of the foundation, right? And I, I tell people, I think sometimes that if you're in leadership and management, and you don't know who you are yet, and you don't have good foundation in your values, you're probably in a pretty dangerous spot. Leaders and managers, and doesn't matter the size of your organization, have a huge outsized impact on the people that work for them. And if your values aren't secure, or if you're insecure as a leader, and you're still trying to figure those things out, it makes it very hard to make it not about you. Hmm. And so I think, you know, when I think about values that are important, you know, within our company, uh, we're a a software company, but we're a services company more than anything. So if you can't serve, and you can't serve your teammates, and you can't serve your clients, you're probably at the wrong company, you know, kind of thing. And so a lot of people want to be elevated and promoted, but it's the, you know, the idea that if you, you know, if, if service is, is beneath you, then leadership is sort of beyond you, right? Mm. And, I, and that's not, uh, that's a, a well-known quote that's out there, but I think it's something that really is applicable. And it's even interesting as we grow as a company, that's always been our ethos. And yet we're getting to the point where we've got to have a little more hierarchy. We're having a few titles now. And, and, and again, I'm having some conversations where people come to me and go, well, my job would be easier if you just gave me the authority, if you just sort of elevated me. And I, and I try and remind them, no, that's not the way it works here. It's, it's harder. I, I, could, I could make it maybe more clear in some cases, but it's harder for you to have to earn it, for you mm. to have, be, have more of a, a peer-based mindset. And again, if you don't want to serve people and go through and do the dirty work, then I don't think you're the type of leader we want here. You know? And that's, to me, preserving our culture. So things like that, I think, are really foundational. You know, to me, we, we touched on this idea of humility is, is that, you know, uh, again, 
I think fits in with service, but it's the idea of growth mindset and and, and considering yourself a learner and being able to say with confidence, I don't have all the answers, but we'll figure it out, you know? And so I think that's one that really also sort of undercurrents our culture. And then, you know, one I've been talking to our teams about lately is, you know, being bold, you know, And, and again, sort of the right balance of boldness and humility is really what you need to be a good consultant. And so when, when people come to us and we have an idea or we have a way to make things better, you've got to raise your hand. You've got to take maybe the interpersonal risk to say, hey, I think we should do this and here's why and, and lead with some of that too. So it's not just about being humble, but also being, you know, being bold and being able to sort of, sort of let our zeal for, for what we do come through. So those are, those are some of the ones that I thought about and I think really we try and live out in our company for sure. I love that. So you talked about building a firm foundation and some of those things in the foundation were growth mindset, being bold, mm-hmm. and serving. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. How do you help those that work with you really lean into creating those foundational parts of their management style? It's interesting because uh, we have a, a crop, and this is, again, our company's at a size where we're having to differentiate and have some of our, what I would consider true middle management, right? Mm-hmm. And they're all new at it. And so they all have good instincts. They all have good intentions. They're, they're, but they have very few reps at managing and leading other mm. people. And, and so, again, we talk about, you know, leading with your heart, leading with your confidence, being able to say you don't know. And, and again, I, I think it's a, it's a journey for most people. But I, I also think, too, and it, it shines through when people make bad decisions, it's usually out of fear, maybe a little bit of ego, you know, those kind of things. And so being able to call those out and, and maybe tamp down some of those things is really um, as much, as I think, a part of the job, too. That's good. That's good. All right. Ready for question number two? Sure. Who or what has had the most impact on your management style? For me, management style is an interesting. Um, I, I certainly, I think for a lot of people, it's going to be the people that you worked for in the past, you know, the leaders, and, and I've had the opportunity to work for some good leaders, some of those that you know, and, and you certainly want to pattern yourselves and sort of pick up tips and techniques and just some of their style. I've always admired leaders who are consistent, who are fair, and, and really, again, who don't make it about themselves. That's a pretty easy thing to sniff out, even young in your career, if your leader really cares about you and is paying attention, or it's just you're, you're a checklist on their, <laughs> uh, on their calendar. So, you know, I've looked at people like that. And again, but people also that have a sense of urgency and will push the pace and maintain a quality standard uh, or a standard of conduct that, that's required and, you know, to preserve a culture, I think is really important. I've also, you know, we all have had leaders that you kind of say, well, it was, I learned from them. <laughs> I learned what not to do, right? What, what to avoid and, <laughs> yeah. you know, what things not to say. And so you, you got to mind those lessons as well. Sure. But I think for me, the other thing that has been influential for me and is really the classes that I teach. And, you know, I, I say that because I read a lot of books, but it's to build the classes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and, and for me, I started doing those classes because I was a young manager and I didn't know all the answers. And I would get hooked on a topic or I would say, well, that's something I don't know much about. And how can I, my way of really learning it and embedding that learning in me was to teach it back to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really do believe that, you know, to teach is, you know, to really know and so if you can really, um, that was my hard-headed way of embedding those lessons in my own brain, whether it was, you know, change management or managing up how to, how to deal with people that are more powerful than you and, and have influence even when you didn't have positional power. Those are the kind of things that I, I didn't really learn until I taught them to somebody mm-hmm. else. Yeah, those are good. Those are really good topics for sure. 
Before we get to the next question, let's pause for a quick message about Lipscomb University's College of Business. Are you looking to sharpen your management skills and take your career to the next level? If so, look no further than the MBA program at Lipscomb University. Our part-time program is designed to provide you with the knowledge and the tools you need to excel in today's fast-paced business environment. Lipscomb offers both in-person and online formats that make it a perfect fit for full-time working professionals. Apply now and elevate your management skills. Learn more and apply at lipscomb.edu forward slash business. All right, ready for question number three? Ready. Okay. I can't wait to hear your answer to this one. What book has made the biggest impact on you? One of the books that I thought about uh, that I really enjoy and I still talk to a lot of people about is Adam Grant's Give and Take. So it's, uh, if you, it reads really well and it's based on research, but what he essentially did was he said, you know, most of our leadership books are about an individual or a quality or, you know, this heroic charismatic leader. And what he really said in this book to me was, you know, most of the work we do is in small teams. We're not usually solopreneurs out there just making the world better. And, and so really the book is about how do you interact in a team setting? And he talks about reciprocity styles. So are you a giver, a taker, or a matcher? And he starts out by, by saying, okay, which was sort of disheartening to me. And he looks at a, a bunch of professional settings, whether you're a software engineer, a salesperson, whether you're a, a medical school student. He says, who, who is objectively the best? You know, So if there's a standard of you know, who, who, was, who got the highest grades in medical school? And he said, were they giver takers or matchers? And he says in the beginning, the first chapter, who do you think is the most, or actually he says, who do you think is the least successful in a professional setting? And everybody kind of says, well, I think it's the givers. And he said, yeah, you're right. Givers are consistently judged less powerful and dominant. They make less money and they're twice as likely to be victims of a crime. And so you go, well, that's pretty depressing. So it must, you know, the opposite must be true that you think sort of takers maybe are, are going to be the most successful. And so he, he kind of draws it out. He tells a few stories in between and brings some data. But it's not until about the fourth chapter where he says, okay, well, who is the most successful in a professional setting? And he says, it's actually not the takers. It's not the folks that are going to take and hoard knowledge or, you know, they win a negotiation, but they lose, the, you know, they, they win the battle but lose the war kind of thing. It's actually the givers again. And so givers end up at both ends of the bell curve. So they end up as the most successful in any profession that he studied. Mm. Uh, and they also end up being the least successful. And so the rest of the book is about how do you separate and differentiate those. Mm. And, and again, I think at the end of the day, I tell our folks, you want to be a giver, but you want to be a giver who gets their own work done, huh. who is empathetic to others, but also takes pride in their work and, and, you know, and isn't an altruistic giver who just gets run over or trampled by the situation or the circumstance kind of thing. So it's, a lot of it is, is about how do you become a really successful giver, grow your network over time, impact more people, that sort of thing. And it's a it's a counterintuitive book, and I like those probably mm-hmm. the best. Yeah, It's interesting you mentioned that because you talked earlier about empathy and urgency, and that kind of goes along with that thought of you have to be empathetic but also have a sense of urgency mm-hmm. about you as well. Yeah, most of the hardest things to learn are, are because they're paradoxes, you know, right. You're, you're right. a great individual. You're super special, but you're no more special than anybody else. Right. Yes. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, th- those are, uh, they, they're not mutually exclusive, right? True. In the True. sense of, yeah, um, you can be bold and, and humble at the same time. Yeah. And how do you find the right balance at the right time is really the magic of it. Right. 
That's interesting. All right. So now to my favorite part okay. of the podcast. So I'm going to ask you a set of questions. I'm going to see how many you can answer in 60 seconds. So you can't okay. overthink these. All right. Are you ready? Go fast. Okay. Okay. Texting or talking? Talking. Favorite holiday? Cinco de Mayo. What's your favorite uh, superpower? Uh, the people that can heal like instantaneously, like Wolverine. Okay. Okay. Uh, Netflix or Hulu? Netflix. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. What book are you reading right now? Uh, just finished uh, Forgive by Tim Keller. Mm-hmm. Favorite show? Ooh. Um, gosh. <laughs> um, Outlander. I like the Scottish history one. What class did you not take seriously in college that you wish you would have taken seriously? Computer science. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Favorite? E- neither. <laughs> neither. <laughs> What's been your favorite age? Um, I really loved college, and I really like where I am now. Yeah. What makes you happy? Being around my family and friends, you know, holidays, celebrating. Okay. You did well. That went quick. It did go quick. Yeah, <laughs> you did really well. All right. So parting advice to leave to managers. So if you need to give advice to one, maybe one of your new managers on your team, what do you tell them? I was in a number of call them leadership development programs, high potential programs. You and I were in one of them yep, together yep. and they, they teach you all about competencies and yourself. And I always left those feeling exhausted. Like I had so much to work on. Like there was a lot wrong with me that I still needed to work on. And, and so I think the thing that I would tell people is that, you know, what, what wasn't really communicated to us in those is that it's, it's not about you. Hmm. It's, it's really when you're, when you're privileged to be in a position, again, where you can impact mm. people's lives and you have authority and responsibility, the best thing you can do is, is make it about the people that, mm. that are under your charge. And it actually takes a lot of pressure off of you as the leader. Mm. But also, I think the, the funnest and the greatest parts about management and leadership are seeing those people succeed and even, you know, ex, you know exceed your expectations. So just remembering that it's not all about you. Yeah, and at that great. point, if you're in that role, you're lucky, <laughs> you know. So that that's probably the biggest thing is just I, I think it takes – there certainly are things we have to work on, and we want to be better leaders, and we have to improve our skills all the time. But it, it, but really understanding at the end of the day, you're, you're there to be a multiplier and to make others better. Mm, that's good, to be a multiplier. I like that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate Thank you being the guest I'm this week. Glad to be here. Thanks for listening to the Management Minute. We hope you enjoyed this week's interview. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend or colleague. If you have suggestions for future guests, please send me their contact information to donita.brown at lipscomb.edu. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you. This podcast is powered by the College of Business Content Creation Studio at Lipscomb University.